Hello and welcome to the World of Mouth podcast, where we share the stories of the world's best chefs and their favorite destinations to travel and eat. My name is Kenneth Nars and I'm the creative director of World of Mouth, a platform that connects over 500 restaurant experts who share their favorite places, from the best place to grab a hamburger to the latest must-visit new restaurant opening. Today we're meeting chef Andreas Caminada in Switzerland. Caminada's rise to fame started at the age of 26, when he took over as a tenant and chef de cuisine at the historical Schloss Schauenstein Castle restaurant in Fürstenau in the canton of Graubünden. Caminada is known for his creative cuisine, using local Swiss produce and leaving them as natural as possible. For those of you who don't know him yet, we asked Andreas Caminada to tell us a bit about himself and his culinary journey that led him to run the most famous restaurant in Switzerland and a handful of restaurants in Europe and Asia. At the end of our talk, Andreas Caminada will reveal his favorite restaurant recommendations in Switzerland and out in the world. You'll also find these places in our podcast notes. Could you tell me who is Andreas Caminada? Who is Andreas Caminada? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a chef from Switzerland and I grew up just uh, close to my restaurant. It's about 20 minutes from here, from Furstenau, where we are now, in the mountains and in a village from uh, with 600 inhabitants. So quite protected area and very outdoor driven and uh, and ski driven and uh, and that's where I grew up and uh, made my apprenticeship there as a chef as well. And uh, when 19 I, I had the dream to go to Canada to, to learn the language of English for English language first and also to see another world, another place. And I went there and and I had a very good homestay father. He was like a, a chef, a former chef, married to a Swiss woman and uh, and he used to be comestible at that time. And he showed me the whole city. So so from them from there on I really realized what it means culinary world mean meant. And uh, because what I learned here was more the typical local foods and uh, and that opened up my eyes quite a lot. So I'm a mountain boy, which which is very world open, but still very, very grounded in this area and grounded uh, here with the family and everybody. And tell me about this. We are in a valley now. We look out here. This is an old barn. This is called Casa Caminada. Yes. And across the small street here, we have Schloss Schauenstein, yes. your restaurant. And uh, tell me about this. Uh, this is actually the smallest city in the world mm -hmm. is that true yes they say it they say not it. i i don't say it but the, i also say it but the the council or the the president of the city they all communicate it like that okay they're yeah okay uh, and uh, the valley that we are which uh, of the many swiss valleys is this we're in the canton of grison which is our more on the on the countryside in the mountains we are surrounded by very a lot of ski resorts. St. Moritz is just 45-50 minutes from here. Flims Lacks is uh, 20 minutes. Lenzer Heide is another 15 minutes. So we are just in the in the heart of the canton of Grison, of the what is a touristic area. So the people come for hiking or they come for biking or for, for water sports or even for skiing in the winter. It's more a, a, an area where you go for holidays or weekends and uh, and uh, yes we have about 150 valleys in our canton. And this is the warmest one. This is also facing the south. So we are two hours from Milano. It's not that far. And we are one and a half hours from Zurich. And it's the warmest valley. So we have quite a lot of 
uh, quite a, a big uh, varieties on um, on uh, diverse diverse uh, plants and uh, fruits and vegetables and yeah tell me i mean something about the farming and the traditions here what 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 would this place be known for i think we we are known for 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 uh, pears and apple apple they used to export these apples from here to to russia it was like the the apple of the czar they were being packed into a wood box box and was sent to russia to the czar so they're quite known for this for this uh fruits and uh apples and pear pear pears and we have also like dried pears which is very traditional for this region where we do like pear ravioli also here at Casa Camerata for example or the pear bread which is quite 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 famous for this region and uh, yeah we have a lot of uh, vegetable uh, biological farmers which 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 are really biological we have uh, I think 80% of the Farmers in this canton are biological farmers. Okay. So organic, the brand, organic, yeah. Farm, yeah. organic, yeah. And we are quite the people are quite sensitive for for the for the for the nature, and they really take care of it. And uh, and they're all, I think quite a good education as well, like in Europe in general. But we really take care of the environment quite a lot, and we take care of what we eat and what we what we buy. And uh, so it's quite it's quite an important the important way an important thing topic. For us to have good producers, okay. and they, they they can survive so very well because many people buy biological products. Uh, if we go back to your your background, um, you said you were born in this this area, uh, and uh, you told us what made you make the decision, uh, started your passion for for or interest for food. But then uh, professionally, where, which uh, steps, which restaurants were the sort of cornerstones in your career? Yeah, with 19, Vancouver was quite important just to open up my eyes. But when I came back, I started with a, with a chef. It's uh, maybe an hour from here, also in the same canton. With Beat Bolliger, he used to have a, a two-star restaurant at that time. Very classical, a little bit, it was like quite local but also a little bit international. Prince Charles used to come there and uh, it was a little beautiful chalet with I think 12 rooms and a great restaurant and quite classic French with influence with uh, influence from the region. Mm -hmm. So I worked there as a pastry guy and then also as Tourneau, chef Tourneau. That was my first my first uh, position or my first place where, where you really were really, really cooked fine dining. It's very impressive, very nice guy and family business. And after that, I moved to uh, Austria. I, I just wanted to explore something in Austria. And I worked in Austria just for three months because I didn't like it that much because they did so many big events. So it was like too early for me to do things like that. So I changed again, went to Zurich, had a job there at a very small place, which was called Wirtschaft zum Wiesengrund, also a two-star Michelin restaurant and uh, 18 Gomio restaurant. But there was a very small team. We were just a team of three people. It was the chef, another chef, the, the the boss, a chef, and me, and that was quite a, a very important step I think in my career because it was very small but very it was economic driven. It it had to work. You could not afford to to buy only caviar and truffle, so it has to be had to have its balance. And I think it was a very important step also to be to take responsibility because the boss sometimes said, "I'm in the garden," and we just had to run it mm. and. Uh, and it was very important to take our responsibility and then just, just to be creative and to bring in ideas. We were quite, it was quite a great time there. I was there three years at the end. In between, I moved for one year to Germany because I really wanted to go to Restaurant Barais. 
I went there once for for I think dinner or lunch and and I was so excited about this place and about the food because it was French in France. That time French cuisine was mm. at its peak, I think. It was like everywhere was cooking French, in Germany, in Switzerland, in everywhere you went. And uh, I think there was 19, maybe 19, I think it was, no, it was 2000. No, just 2001. Mm. And uh, I worked there for one year. For me, it was clear I stayed there only one year because as a Swiss, you, if you go to Germany, you, you earn maybe a third of what you earn here. and. Uh, it was quite a big step for me, but I said, I want to go there, it's important, I want to learn it. And uh, I went there, I had an amazing time, great chef, I still have a contact with him, and I have some very good friends, which, which we met together there, and we're still very close friends, so they were also chefs, and uh, it was a very important time. It was completely the opposite of the, of the restaurant in Zurich I worked, because there was only the best products, truffle, caviar, turbo, everything you wished to have. And to have both sides was quite important. Mm. And after this year, I went back to Zurich for another year. And then I really felt that I, I want to do my own restaurant somehow. And I'm very glad that I, had, that I went back to Zurich for one year, just because of this economic background and of, the, of the, yeah, taking care of the costs and everything. Because in Germany, it was more like about the cooking and about having three stars and, and truffle and truffle. And, and and that was wouldn't have been the right way for me to to start here. I mm -hmm. think it, I would have been bankrupt. I think after four weeks. So there was an, two very important positions, uh, places, which I still really like. And uh, sure, the, the times have changed. You know, the cooking styles have changed, but still they are still very you know on the point with the products and on the point with the with the taste and everything. So, but there it was very important. But then I really felt. I have to do my own restaurant and I had a girlfriend at that time she had the same feeling and, and we said okay let's let's go back to our region she was from Germany but she she was a, a ski instructor and snowboard instructor up in my hometown mm -hmm. and we met then and uh, and and then we said hey let's do something by ourselves and we were, we had three two, two three options one other option was in our hometown actually and uh, but then somehow over a couple ages age uh, uh, edges uh, we came to this place and the, and they said okay yeah, we, you could take it over it if you want you can rent it and we said okay renting it it's first now it's a little bit back in the valley it's a uh, you know you won't go here for I don't know for vacation at that time for us it was like did you go back to this we had uh, we played I played soccer mm -hmm. so we had some matches here in this area and there were always like quite a high uh, high uh, foreigner uh, uh, yeah like rivalry are Yes, so yeah. it was very hard, you know, to play with them, and they were always quite aggressive there to play. So I was always a little bit, ah, oh, this region is no, not my first choice of mm. region. But when I saw the castle, when I saw this place, I thought, okay, I fall in love. And then we both, and then we decided to to take this risk and to start here. And we didn't know what happens. We didn't know what would expect us because there was no data of any customer base or whatever because there was nothing. It was a private school, and this here back here was just was just that. So it wasn't a restaurant at that point? No, it wasn't, yeah. no. So we, we, we started with the restaurant, we started with four employees and uh, we got some money from my, from my parents and her parents and, uh, and we just started with a lot of passion and a dream and, uh, and it was very hard. Not because the guests didn't come, because we also didn't know how... If, because there was no... In this region you don't have any restaurants. Mm -hmm. Maybe now it's one or two, but we didn't know if any people would come to this place. But uh, 
I think we, we, we always had people coming in, but we never had enough employees. For it, it was very hard at the beginning because we just worked from 7.30 in the morning, no, 6.30 in the morning till at night, 2.30. Yeah. And this we did, I think the first two years we worked through. And then we said, okay, we need to stop it. We had two day, one day, oh, no, at the beginning was open seven days. The hotel, the restaurant only five, but you have to be there and make breakfast and everything. Then after a year we closed it down to down to five days opening per day per week. But we always we were always afraid to get more employees. I think that was a little bit uh, took us five years to have a little bit okay, maybe we are now a little bit on a on a good we have a great uh, customer base now. So it was it gave gave us a little bit more of of, of, uh, of confidence. But then after five years my girlfriend said, Hey you know what? I cannot then I have to do something else. I think it's for me it's it's just too much. I because it was very heavy. And then and then I said, Hey no. We work five years so hard and I can feel it that it because it I think when you do something by yourself you have to have the passion of it took us seven years at the end. To go go on holidays, coming back and the bank account was still a little bit in the plus because the first I think the first three, four years when we did vacation, hey, we always went down with the, with, the, the, with the numbers crazy. And then you had to come back after vacation, then you had to work it up again. It was always like quite heavy. And uh, and after seven years, we had a very good, you know, you, then you feel a little bit more comfortable. You're, you're not that afraid anymore to some, if you need an employee, you just get it. And then you higher up the price a little bit, but that needs a little bit of a, of a confidence and of an experience. And I was 26 at that time and uh, full of energy it was good i think at these days i wouldn't be able to to work as hard as i did mm. at that time mm. but i think it was was good as it was it was good as it, as it was and uh, it, i think it, it needs this it needs this uh this uh hard work at the beginning if you come in and you think okay you can reach whatever and it was never a goal to reach three stars i had maybe a goal to maybe receive once a star or to make a place which are which is different maybe from other places where we which I know before, and we started from the beginning with a little bit snacks in the room and a little bit that, but it was it was very very it was very hard to to handle it work wise. But uh, yeah, I think it turned out not so bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, I survived the when she said she's gonna stop it because she did the back office, she did all the sommelier, she was in the restaurant. And, uh, and it was 2008. I just I, they gave me the title of chef of the year, 2008. And and she said, hey, now I can't anymore. I, I have to do something else. I have to I have to go on vacation first. And uh, and I said, okay, shit. What I do? What do I do? And then I I had a very good employee who just started then from the region as well. And she helped me in the back office and everything. And and we managed to survive somehow. And we employed when when Siglinda left, we employed another three people. To make sure that we could handle the work she did, so yeah. and my my work I did as well, so that I had a little bit more time to spend also maybe going out to the guests. But it's it was could it could also have gone on the other way, I think. Yeah. But the turnover of the chef of the year helped us actually to survive them. Yeah. And now successful restaurant very successful three stars and uh, you've been on the 50 best list for mm-hmm. quite a few years for someone who uh, hasn't had the, the the luck to come come and see and eat at this place mm-hmm. how would you describe what what kind of a restaurant experience is uh, Schloss Schauenstein good question I have never eaten at my <laughs> restaurant <laughs> I have to ask you no I think I what think what are the I mean what is it that you want to express in your food I and think experience 
that you can really feel the product what you eat. I think it's not too much uh, shishi. So we are not. I'm not a philosoph. Philosoph. I'm not going and talk a lot of stories about the dishes. I try to to just uh, let the dish speak, and uh, we're quite strong on taste and uh, and uh, search always the limit for it. I I rather uh, have too much taste in it than too less. So I we're always a little bit on the edge, but uh, I think that's what 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 it what it's the character over here, and uh, we try to. Because we have quite normal products we use. Sure, we try to have varieties of the product, but it's always been like a cucumber, like a tomato, like an onion, or like a leek, or on the base. And then that's and to transform these simple products into something special, I think that was always the challenge. And also, also the the things which which the guests appreciated a lot. I think I I was from the beginning quite there where the guests liked it. Somehow, so mm. I was. I'm not an avant-gardist. Mm. I never wanted to be one. I just wanted to be the chef who cooks like grandma, to have a f- very tasty food. But sh- sure, with you know, with this, with this um, stage we had over here, over there, with this castle, with this history of the castle and uh, and how it developed now with a little bit of art and everything. It should be like a a place where where it's 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 not all it's not an all day dining. So you come here to to experience something nicely, but it's not a it's not a big show. It's more about a very, very, uh, how you call it? I try to say it's very, uh, it's, a, not, it's not loud. We try to be very subtle. Yes, subtle and it's uh, sub, uh, sub, subtile. subtile. Yeah. It's a very subtle hospitality. We try really to, 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 to show to the clients that they are welcome and then we try to, to, to live this hospitality and I think every of my employees over here, if he sees somebody who comes with a bag, they're gonna get it, and they will bring it up. And we really try to to manage this hospitality on a very subtle uh, feeling. And it's not loud, but it's always present, and it's somehow not too stiff, and it's some cool coolness inside. And it's about the great hospitality at the end with great food. Mm. And uh, and when somebody comes here, I think she, he, they, they feel like home. Mm. And they want to come back because we're, I think we are try to be very nice to our clients and also also to ourselves because if our atmosphere in our back office and in our kitchens are not good, then you will never transport this feeling of a great atmosphere into the restaurant. And that's why this balance of being nice together, having fun together, trying to create something amazing through the people. Because at the end, if you have a nice place, it could be everywhere. But filling it up with with a lot of yeah, a lot of love for this job, I think that's what makes out the difference at the end. Yeah, it's great to have a super excited food, but if this waiter is not friendly or you know, it's not motivated, whatever, I think it's this very. It's like if you come somewhere at home, we try to make everything for the guests. At the moment, uh, could you mention a few ingredients that are you really, really passionate about at the moment that you've been cooking lately? Ah oh, yes, there is always. I always like to work with this dried pear, which is a little bit of the umami, and the, it's like a fermented pear, which is quite black and has a sweetness. When we combine it, for example, with the pork neck, or if you combine it with deer or whatever, or we have a uh, sea horn, I love quite a lot. At the moment, we don't have it, huh? Integrated in this menu, we yeah. didn't have it, no. Yeah. But uh, I love this product quite a lot, and uh, I love salads, and uh, and now the cabbage season is coming. So we have a couple of dishes which are all in cold, cold uh, starters, which are cold with cabbage and coldness and stuff like that. So I like I like this 
this product or the mm. onions. I, mm. I think an onion, we have a farmer which is just three kilometers from here, which is uh, Schorsch. He, he started putting in onions. Last year he brought 25 sorts of different onions and I think we had 150 kilos of onions. And we said, what we're going to do with that? And then we said, instead of doing always the same, let's do a cold dish with it. Mm. And then we did a cold dish and we had a lot of these tomatillos, fizales, and we combined it that. And that's the simple products. Where uh, and the acidity, I think it's the balance of the acidity is quite nice, but also like, like the char is also nice. Yeah, char or potatoes, all these things. What about things. from the things from the the mountains or from the wilderness? Uh, any game or various mushrooms? Yeah, game game is sure something which do we do always in this season. Now in Switzerland, you have like a game season starts always in September. It's only three weeks, and you have to have like a patent to go and hunt. Yeah. It's quite protected, but uh, we have a lot of like this this chamois or this uh, deer or also this uh, re. I don't know what you call it. It's deer and venison, venison yep. deer. Yeah. This is nice in this season, but I like I love lamb. We have a lot of lamb, great quality on lamb. So yep. if like in the spring when you have lamb and uh, and garlic, uh, wild garlic and stuff like that, it's also an amazing combi- combinations with that things. And uh, mushrooms, yeah, they are coming now as well. But I love vegetables and out of the garden or, yeah, that's that's actually our, we love to work with vegetables. If we move over to restaurants, uh, just thinking about what makes a great restaurant. You obviously have a great restaurant here and you mentioned a few key things. Uh, but um, when you go to a restaurant, I mean, of any kind of category, be it like a street food stall somewhere mm-hmm. or a top restaurant, which which are the two or three key things that you really that that makes the difference? What's what's if you just I think when it's it? personal at the end, when when, it's, when you go to a place and you see how oh, this is this is maybe strange, but this is very dedicated to this chef or to this person mm-hmm. who, who runs this place and you can see if it's personal or if it's just like a like a whatever a brand which is and I think that's the place when you have the personality and when it's uh, at the end it has to be friendly it has to be like you know welcoming you have to feel welcomed and then you have to sure it has to be tasty or it has to have a profile where where what where, where you get that what is promised and if it's like a kebab and this kebab is done great, it can be amazing. And if it's like a super restaurant, if it's like if you go into a fine dining restaurant, I think then then I, I really appreciate if you can really feel that it's it's more than just a chef. Because I think, you know, I have a company. I grew up from four employees till I know, I don't know, we have maybe 150 with all the restaurants we have. And we, we really worked hard for every single step with it. And, uh, and when I really admire also people who can, somehow look over the plate and maybe create an atmosphere and create something which is like it's it's like a unique place to go if it's the music the people the the interior the design whatever it is that it's a little bit like if you go to a nordic restaurants there are the great ones they almost always have a an idea behind and uh, and it's somehow it's right when you come in you say it's, no it's right and that's also a very important topic when you come in and say oh even if it's very strange, but if it fits together and everything comes together and it's just the right thing at this moment in this place, then I think you, you can be happy mm. that you found a great place. Mm. Mm. They can be simple or they can be like on a fine dining level. 
But hey, if we talk about restaurants uh, as such and your favorite restaurants, you are, of course, I mean, you are much of your time you spend here at the restaurant, but you also do a bit of uh, traveling, I know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. every now and then to different pop-ups and events and, and such things. Uh, and you have a restaurant in other places, one in Zurich and one in... Uh, Batragas, yeah. one in St. Moritz, yeah. and one in Bangkok. Oh, that's right. We opened a nickname Bangkok yeah. during the pandemic. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when you, if we start with uh, Switzerland or the area surrounding us here, mm -hmm. uh, if you would recommend uh, a few places, uh, some of your favorite places mm -hmm. that you would recommend for people to go and eat, which, which ones would they be? Maybe in Switzerland most, or yeah. also yeah, Switzerland. We're cl yeah. very close to Germany, Italy, yeah. so... So I think if you stay in this area, I think there are, there are very nice restaurants. I think there is in Badrugatz. We have an Ikniv there, but there is another chef who used to work with me here a couple of years ago, 10 years ago. He has a very nice restaurant, which is called uh, Memories. He's more on the fine dining level. Okay. And there and is in, in Badrugatz? Yes. Yeah. It's quite nice. And then uh, just not far away from there is a very classic restaurant, which is Sonnenhof, okay. which is in uh, Liechtenstein. Yeah. It's a little country. And he cooks very classic. But if you like to go and eat a great ravioli, and maybe then you have, maybe you'll eat like a beef rossini, for example, you get this type of cuisine there, like very classic, but he always have the same dishes somehow, but it's it, you go there because of these dishes. And that's something which is also very nice. If we go with the kids, then we go there and they want to eat this ravioli. And they, he has his profile and it's classic, and I'm very glad that he keeps that. And, uh, and there is like another little restaurant up in where I grew up, Stiva Grijuna, which is really traditional. They cook like pear ravioli, they do like a stew with pork and then maybe like pizzocle, which are like a, like a spetze, but bigger. Yeah. It's also very, very traditional in this region. And so that would be like a, like a more like casual place? Or? Yes, it's more like, it's more like Casa Caminada, for example. Okay. So there are quite now popping up some restaurants like Casa Caminada, so and that you can see, hey, Wow, it is made local and make very well, and also sort of with the culture, with the cultural influence. So that's quite nice. There are a lot of those restaurants coming up. But if you're in Zurich, for example, there are like, it's a great city. It became a great city in the last five years. So you can go to a classic French restaurant or you can go to, to more more dynamic international restaurant. I have a, also a former employee. She did a, she started with a, with a vegetarian, vegan, vegan restaurant. Clay is the name. Clay Zurich, is, yeah. Yes, it's Synapse Hatap. Okay. She used to work with me three years. Very cool girl. Was a engineer, and she did like a. She went into came into this industry, and she was so in love with it. And now she opened the restaurant. The, she does a great job there. Or if you go to, if you go to, for if you have time, don't not much time, you come from the airport. You go into center of Zurich, and uh, I mostly stop there to get a sausage. You can we have this typical white sausage. You eat it with mustard, and then there's like a super place. It's open till midnight. Or if you go to Kronenhalle, which is very classic, yeah. it's also a must-go. Maybe if you go to that's a very Zurich, yeah. beautiful with this bar and very classic. Like you get like Rösti and Geschnetzel, Zurich schnetzels, and yeah. typical traditional French Swiss cuisine. So tell me, what is uh, Geschnetzel? Geschnetzel is like a wheel, chopped wheel uh, uh, slices. From uh, most of the time, you take like a like a nut from the from the wheel, yeah, quite tender, and then you 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 sear it, and then you add some uh, onions, and then you take the meat out, you put in some champignons, and then you add some cream and uh, uh, like fond, and you uh, you you bind it with butter, and you put everything back, and you serve like a very crispy roasty, 
Rusty is like a potato dish, classic potato dish. Maybe everybody almost knows. Yeah. Rusty. So, but there is different ways to make rusty. You can make it with a cooked potato, with a raw potato. So that's quite, and they do it quite classy. Yeah. And it's quite. It's, it's and this, nice. you, and this you would recommend at Kronenhalle. I think the Zürich Schnells I would recommend at the Storchen. Okay. Storchen restaurant, which is also very nice. Yeah. Very classic, very nice. But if you go to Kronenhalle, they have like. That's French influence. They like do avocado with crevette, or they do like a, they do like grass cross pieces also at the table, and they walk around with white, white uh, suits and uh, have great art in their whole restaurant, original Picassos and stuff like that. So it's quite a iconic place. Yeah. Or if you go to like to uh, a little bit bistronomic restaurants like uh, Neue Taverne, or like. Uh, like uh, Roses, which is also very nice. So they're more like a little bit. It's it's not fine dining. It's more this easy, casual, a little bit like when you go to Copenhagen for like Esme, for example. Yeah, yeah. More type of restaurant like that. Very tasty, very great, but still like not this stiff stiffness. More like casual, but on a very high level. So there are a lot of restaurants. Okay. Which are very nice. Oh, Milano is not far. Yeah. So Milano is great. So any favorite in Milan? Yeah, Enrico is great. Crippa. No, Enrico Bartolini. Oh, yeah. It's great. Uh, I haven't been to Crippa. I have yeah. to go. I yeah. have to go. I will be in, in Milano two weeks, uh, I think, in the middle of October. Yeah. So I will sure yeah. discover more restaurants. But Enrico is great. Uh, then uh, uh, Carlo Craco has a couple yeah. restaurants which yeah. are nice. He used to have a very nice uh, uh, cocktail bar. Very nice. Davide Aldani. Just cute restaurant. Very good. So no, there. And there's another one. Uh, he makes. Oh, he has a little pasta restaurant. You can order just pastas. What's his name? Uh, I have to find it out. It's very nice. Mm. You go in and eat a menu, pasta menu, but it's like a more like a in, in, dine, in dining, but still it's very qu- more quick. But you get great pasta, and you can serve like you can order like a spaghetti with cacio e pepe or spaghetti with carbonara and cacio e pepe, and then some whatever ravioli with tomatoes and it's, it's you don't find that so, that much yeah when yeah. it's like a more trendy restaurant yeah and it's quite nice yeah. we'll find out the name okay great uh, if we leave this area and uh, go overseas or so um, any places out in the world that you would like really recommend that you really really love oh yes you know I have the privilege that I launched a magazine already many years ago and uh, we, we I now uh, have a cooperation with a bigger publishing house, which they, they do all the, the advertisements and everything. But we do it twice a year, so I always choose a city where I'm interested in. And so this magazine, that's the the, the 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 name of the magazine is Caminada. Caminada. Yes. So you have your own magazine. Yes. Yeah. We, we, because nice I, I I started. I think I don't know when I started. I think we have already 15 issues or 16. We do twice a year, and then we had to stop. We stopped it for three years. And uh, I always said, why doing a cooking book? I want to make a magazine. It's more dynamic. It's more like it's something else. No, nobody does a magazine. Let's do a magazine. And we did it. I think the first seven issues, we did everything by ourselves here. Like the packing in. The, the, it was a nightmare. We were like putting on the addresses at night. And it was a horrible. But it was nice. Good experience. But uh, And then it's, it's, that's, that's, then you always, I can always choose. I always choose like a city. And we've been to Antwerp. We've been to uh, Madrid. So they were super experiences in the last times. We have been to uh, what was that? Uh, Mexico City. Yeah. The last issue was Mexico City. Now we're going to Berlin. We're producing this last next no Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh. And uh, I think Mexico City, Jorge Viejo, and all these places there. It's it's a city 
you fell in love when you're there. You always think, oh, it's a big crime, but when you are there in certain parts where we were, it was amazing. Yeah. And also the, and you discovered, like, I discovered, like, products which I didn't know, like the nopales. You always you know, eat eating yeah. cactus, it's, it's a joke somehow. But then you eat it and you say, hey, wow, it's amazing. And the, it's, it's really nice if you can travel yeah. for food and travel yeah. with friends who can show you the, their, their lovely places. And it's a little bit like you rap. And if you, if you have somebody who takes you in his city and shows around everything, that's, that's super experiences. Madrid was amazing. I think I was... Any favorites there? I think Diverso. For me, Diverso was very nice. I really liked it really nice and then we went to how would you describe the virtual if somebody has, has, doesn't know it i think it's 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 he he, he brings in taste from all over the world and he's he's, he's he has plates like he says like uh, traveling through asia or whatever and then you can really feel it and it's done like quite originally so if you eat something from thailand you say hey wow you're in thailand but because he has really really strong on the taste i think he always goes to the limit with with seasoning And that's what I really like. And I really had a super lunch there. Super, yeah, because you never know. You always have a little bit of a, if you see a restaurant and you list, you read a lot of it, and then you always have some of an idea to go, but at the end, it's always different. And uh, I think you always have to visit it. It's nice to see it, but when you are there, it's always different. And we had a super nice experience there. Yeah. And he showed us around to to little places and coffees. I don't remember the name. So that will, I have I have a, like a, in the magazine. I have all these tips, yeah. so you can take it out there as well if you want. Very good. Yeah. Uh, if you said uh, you have a, you have the place in in Bangkok as well. Any yeah. any favorites in in Asia or in Bangkok? Hey, in Asia, Bangkok. I think Bangkok is also a city which is crazy growing now. And uh, and I, I mean in Bangkok, you need to go on the street food things at midnight after after work and that's that's that is blowing mind blowing if you reach great ones and uh, but also there if you are if you are on, up to something more classic it's it's you have it i mean the, the restaurant of the mandarin rental i haven't been there now this time but very classic but also nice you don't expect it in in asia if you come as a tourist i think for the locals because they have a huge a huge local community who loves to eat and can also afford to eat on a very fine dining level and stuff like that. So that's mm. that's why it's, it, this like our restaurant is also we cook European there. We don't cook Asian, but still it's it's because there's the local base is quite strong. But there is like uh, many Ledoux. I've been to Ledoux was very nice. We've been to more simple things which are amazing. I can't remember the names. You know that's my problem. Yeah, I have to I have to put in all it uh, into your into your uh, platform and then I will remember and I can recheck it. Huh? Yeah, let's do it. Let's I do have it. to do it, yeah. Okay. Uh, as I said, we uh, right uh, out of the window here, we can see all the food stalls and so that are being prepared for tomorrow because mm -hmm. there's a huge farmer's market here mm -hmm. in Fürstenau yeah. that you do once a year and you haven't yes. done it for a few years now? We have done It's our fifth issue, yep. but we couldn't do it in the last two years during yeah. Corona. Yeah. So yeah. it's exciting, exciting yeah. to come, yeah. to having it back. Having it back. Yeah. Uh, if you tomorrow wouldn't uh, be on the farmer's market, which you will be, but you could jump into the car and drive to the airport, fly mm -hmm. somewhere and go to eat in one restaurant in the world, which uh, restaurant would that be? I think I really want to go to uh, Arnaud de Donkel, to, to, to uh, Southern France. I think this is the place I really want to go. 
I've just we we did a series for for a TV production in Denmark. So I've been eating in November. I've been to a Jordner, which was mind blowing on precision and super nice. And we've been to a Noma, which was really super nice. It was vegetarian season. I've been to Geranium. We've been to Esme a couple of times. So we have and the, the burger places there. So we've been in Denmark quite a lot to the restaurant. So I don't need to go to there yeah. directly. So. To Antwerp, I've eaten for the magazine in a lot of them, and then 50 Best was there. So I don't need to go to Antwerp. Yeah. So, uh, so where would you go? Madrid, I wouldn't go. Where do I want to, where do I want to go? Uh, good question. Uh, I think I would come to Helsinki or something <laughs> in the north. I would love to come up there. <laughs> Can okay. you recommend something in Helsinki? I will, yeah. There's yeah? many places there. Okay, super. Yeah. Very good. Oh, okay. no, to the, no, to the new Maimo, I think. New Maimo. It would be nice to go. I think it changed. Yes, yeah, I think very good. Okay, but uh, good luck at the farmers market tomorrow, and uh, thank you, Andres, coming out for this. Thank you. Good luck for being here. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the World of Mouth podcast with Andreas Caminada in Switzerland. Find all of the recommendations mentioned in this episode and more on the World of Mouth app available in your app store, or visit our website at worldofmouth.app. You'll also find these places in our podcast notes. I'm Kenneth Nars. Until next week, when we meet Chef Jonathan Tam in Copenhagen.